I need to be reminded of everything. Hey, Anthea, how are you? Good morning, Gareth. I'm well, thanks. See, when it's you're been not a actually, busy week, know, so definitely when, working hard. When you're not sitting right in front of me, I forget that we're meant to talk to you. It's ridiculous. Um, what do they say? Out of sight, out of mind? Yeah, something like that. We've got <laughs> quite a lot to get to, and I know you've got a busy morning ahead, so let's jump straight into CPI inflation, shall we? Okay, so that came in at 5.1%. We were expecting 5%. So you can see this inflation number is now creeping up. The main protagonist is definitely petrol. Petrol is up 25% year on year. So Mm -hmm. obviously that would impact transport as well, which is up 10% year on year. And the problem with this is that transport alone makes up almost 14.5% of the average South African's um, inflation basket, you, you know, the things you spend your money on every day. Yes. So that's a big one. It's worrying. Um, and then the other one was utility prices. So water, electricity, property rates and taxes also up by 11%. So, so really the South African consumer having to spend money on things they just cannot get away from. Food was okay. Food came in at 3%. Um, so, you know, not, not too bad. We're, we're so, not so too just worried. To, let me be that. clear about this. You said the first one is petrol. Which, which part of petrol is it that's going up? Is it the oil price and the fluctuations up and down there, or is it our government levies and taxes on fuel? So it's a good combination of both, unfortunately. And the exogenous factors, the price of oil and um, of crude oil and the rand we cannot control. So you kind of have to go with that. But the fact that government keep putting up the levies and the taxes and this road accident fund, and that is adding up significantly. And I know there's protests about the petrol price and the higher petrol price in South Africa. I forget what the name of that group is um, that that are protesting this higher petrol price. And then government keeps saying, well, we can do nothing about it because it's the price of oil uh, and the weaker rand. Is it not Arta? It might be outer, but I thought there was another one. People protesting against oil or, or petrol wow. price or something. All right, so, something so my like second that. question then has to be the second category, which is rates and taxes and electricity. Now, government control all three of those. Exactly. Electricity and, indirectly and, through ESCOM, but it's still a parastatal, and the rates and taxes much more directly. Yes, and, and exactly. And so the government is hugely responsible for this – this inflation and, and, and that we're seeing in South Africa. Who controls the third category you brought up? Food prices. Is that not the private sector? Um, pretty much, yes, actually. So the, the food prices obviously are driven again by things like um, the drought, which we saw came and went. And so now food prices have retreated again. Um, and then, of course, the, the private sector, you know, the shops, uh, ShopRite, Woolworths, uh, Pick and Pay, those guys. And the question is whether they pass that on to the consumer or not. And in this case, I must, I must tell you, I think that the retailers have done particularly well to almost absorb some of the mm-hmm. shock of the higher food prices when so, we had drought. So my, my summary question, then, and I, I will not dwell <laughs> on this all morning, but you, I think you get a, a, the drift of my point, is yes. that – Ultimately, if you find yourself in a situation where you have less money to spend on the things that you absolutely need and you see costs going up everywhere, it isn't horrible, vengeful uh, privateers who are trying to profit off of you with their commercial enterprises and, and, and drive a stake into your heart. 
it's the government who are pushing up prices everywhere and the government who you must chiefly blame for the inflation. I'm afraid so. In this case, it would look like that, yes. Yeah. Not only are they providing any kind of environment for growth, which would help, but they're doing exactly the opposite by also foisting on us the cost of living and up, upgrading that cost at every opportunity you give them. So again, let's just notch this up to a government that has absolutely no idea of what people need and what people want and how they can help people. Just saying. Yeah. And and also we had lots of companies reporting last week. So we had Woolworths and ShopRite. And ShopRite is very much the bellwether for the South African consumer, or that's how we see it. Hmm. And you can see from their results, shocking, shocking set of results. Um, and, I mean, obviously it's not only that the consumer doesn't have money to go out and shop and, or that they're shopping down. So, in other words, um, instead of – buying the slightly expensive product, you know, they'll go for the cheaper no-name brand or or the cheaper brand, I should say. And, and you can see it coming through in, in the, the company results that are happening. So, yeah, it, it, it really does have just this kind of constant knock-on effect. Well, I mean, you, you, no, no, go mm-hmm. on. Go on. Sorry. So, so I can't, I can't say that. All of it has got to do with the consumer under pressure when it comes to these companies. You know, um, Woolworths, for example, admitted that they had a fashion disaster. Not their first, I might add. Um, I might add. Um, you know, that Woolworths, again, are trying to compete with the likes of H&M yeah. because I think they know that people are trying to shop down. Except in Woolworths' case, it really doesn't work. They don't have that same... Um, feel for it that, say, an H&M would have. Um, and, and in Woolworths' case, the only business that actually did okay was their food, strangely enough. Hmm. And I think, yeah, it, it was a bit odd. But really, again, kind of people not buying clothing, the Country Road, the David Jones, just not doing very well. All right. Well, let's look at some other companies that have been reporting. Um, Blue Label Telecom. Yeah, this was an interesting one. They saw a 30% jump in headline earnings, but because they've been quite acquisitive, they've bought, they've spent 7.5 billion rand on acquisitions in the last year, half of which they paid for using cash and half of which they paid for by issuing new shares. Their actual core headline earnings per share only increased by 4%. The market did not like this result. I mean, a decent kind of profit margin increase to uh, 8.5 from 8.04 and a decent EBITDA increase as well. But I think the market is worried here because Blue Label owns C, and that's kind of their, where they're going to make their money, if you like, is what they're saying. And the problem is that the market thinks that, one, the debt levels in Celsius are too high. And it's really funny because in the results presentation, you could actually hear the Levy brothers you could hear the exasperation in their voice. The Brett, in fact, said, um, we're being punished for uh, – the punishment doesn't suit the crime, which is funny because everyone went, what crime exactly, Brett? But I think what, what we're trying to say is that debt levels are too high um, for Celsius, and they're putting too much um, emphasis on the fact that they're going to make huge revenues from Celsius, basically. And we all know that potentially they're going to list Celsius. Um, which would be great. And, you know, there'd be a huge release of capital. And then the second thing about their results is that they didn't declare a dividend and the market does not like dividend uh, and no dividends. The market right. loves cash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And in this case, it's almost as if the investor is saying, well, I want my, if you've got cash, give me cash, please. And then I will go and invest it. I don't trust you management to invest my cash better than myself, basically. Uh, it's very Which, tough. It's very tough to get these um, shareholders happy, huh? You may, oh, indeed. I mean, this is a company that really they used to. They've changed their their their, their strategy, as you've already indicated, by saying that they're going to um, be looking at new ways of increasing revenue, and they've 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 bought into Celsi and a whole lot of other stuff. But now the shareholders go, no, no, no. We want you to we want you to do it our way. No, it's run the company for us like you have been and bring in the profits like you have been. In fact, the balance sheet looks very good, as you promised, but we're unhappy. Mm. And it, it's hard to believe that this company is trading at a five times price earnings ratio, which is ridiculously cheap. You're not going to find that anywhere else on the JSC. But there is another thing that they, they've restated kind of an earnings number. It's a technical thing. And I, and I think analysts are not liking that. They, they just are not believing the story, unfortunately. That's right. what it is. Um, I mean, then you've got the flip side of that. You've got somebody like Bidcorp. And you yeah. remember Bidcorp spun out of Bidvest. Right. Um, an okay set of results. Diluted headline earnings per share up 12%. Revenue up 8%. Um, and really, Bidcorp became the kind of supplier to hotels, restaurants, industrial catering, and they're selling off their low margin logistics and operations businesses and then buying bolt on acquisitions really in the food services businesses um, and particularly in Australia, um, New Zealand, Spain, the Netherlands and South Africa. So and, and the market loved that result <laughs> mm. kind of. Yeah. Depends on where how shareholders see it, really. All right. Um, well, let's look at uh, one or two others quickly. We've we've done Bitcorp, we've done Blue Label, Woolworths, and Shoprite. How about Ital Tile? Gareth, this is a nice little, and I say little company, so it's not as big as your Bitcorp or your Woolworths or Shoprites. Um, it's a big company, but it really is just a nice, consistent company. They increased turnover by 40%, but that mostly because they bought, uh, completely bought ceramic industries, which was always partly owned by Ital Tile. And then another company called Easy Tile. So you can see where Ital Tile is the higher brand and then ceramic and Easy Tile are kind of the lower end of the market. Headline earnings per share up, uh, 25%. Sorry, 16%, but because of the increase they had in share capital again, another story like Blue Label where they're having to issue shares to buy, they had to increase their share capital by 25%. Um, also declared a nice dividend and, in fact, even a special dividend. And the market loves cash in hand. So guess what? Of course, the share uh, went was up on the day again. <laughs> Just, but, but then, you know, Ital Tal kind of consistent – slow moving know what they're doing stick to what they know and kind of yeah the market definitely rewarding them for that behavior all right um naspass just quickly bounced this week tell me about oh, that oh thank goodness right because that <laughs> the week before it was a disaster you with sound, the 10 cent results sound, you sound as exasperated as uh, brett and mark levy <laughs> um yeah so naspass bounced they just they 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 announced on monday 
that they were selling their 11% stake in a company called Indian e-commerce company called Flipkart, Mm -hmm. realizing 2.2 billion US dollars in cash, which is fantastic. We all like that. That's very nice. Um, So yeah, so the the market kind of going, okay, Naspers, you're sticking to what you said you were going to do. You're buying companies cheap and you have the ability to sell at a profit because that was always the question with Naspers. You know, they -hmm. grow so big and they've got all these little businesses on the side and can they sell them for what it is what they've got them written in the books and Naspers proving that they can do it so fantastic and then very last thing quickly we have to talk about Alibaba because they reported results as well so this is Jack Ma's company yes Uh, revenue up 61% year on year I mean that is a phenomenal number and I think more than that these results have proven that Alibaba are quint- the quintessential e-commerce business in the world. They ha- are by far the most dominant player. And unfortunately, what it means for their competitors like JD and Equi is that actually it's going to be hard for them to catch up. So I think you've got your two. You've got kind of Tencent in the gaming and mm-hmm. social media, and then you've got Alibaba in the e-commerce and, and completely dominating. There's, it's going to be hard for anyone to catch up to them. I think that's terrific. Amazing. Mm, Thank very you. exciting. All right, Anthea, very good. Super. Have a good week. Thank you. And you. This is Anthea Gardner with a look at the money, our money shot. Cliffcentral.com.